Hello everybody and welcome to the 59th episode of the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is your regular host, Corporal Hicks, and joining me today are my usual cohort, Ridgetop. Hello again everyone. And we've also got a, a special guest star today, he's um, pretty active on on the uh, on the forums, so if you know you've been sticking to the literature boards you'll have seen him no doubt with uh, some of the latest news and some of his opinions. It's Ultramorph, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, how are you doing everyone? Uh, not too shabby, not too shabby. And yourself, of course? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, it's a nice weekend off, so... And it's been a while since we've had Ultramorph on the show before, we had him previously... Probably last year for another similar episode, talking about comics. So it's good to have him back. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half, so it's nice to be back. So, Ridgetop, what comic are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Predator Hunters, which just recently concluded, if I'm correct. Yeah, not, not too The long last ago. issue came out, like... Um, few weeks back i think it was a bit longer than that or maybe a month or so something like it couldn't have been too long it was relatively recent i think yeah five part five part series kind of a self-contained predator story i really enjoyed it but what did you guys think i thought it was a really solid uh, really solid overall comic uh, you know with with there being so many big sort of crossover event things recently uh, life and death and fire and stone you know it's quite refreshing to have you know, a standalone Predator series. I say standalone. You know, it it was is very much rooted in the Predator lore, but in terms of you know not being tied into Alien and AVP, it's a standalone in that fashion. Uh, what about you, Ultramorph? What was your short sort of uh, opinions on the comic? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I, I agree with you. It was nice to have sort of a, a smaller story for a change. It was a, sort of a nice palate cleanser. And yeah, I agree. It was definitely nice to have some uh, returning characters, some sort of sense of uh, legacy. Um, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, I think it might have you know suffered from some pacing issues, but uh, overall, I thought it was yeah, it was a pretty enjoyable comic. Cover cover art was. Uh... Really great as well. Just throwing that out there. By Doug Wheatley, uh, who was a the interior artist for uh, for Alien Destroying Angels, if I'm remembering rightly. Hmm. Correct. Yeah, and I, th- I think they did something um, with the covers in this series with some kind of like metallic ink or something. But they they definitely got a nice uh, like a nice shine to them. They're they're very pretty. Yeah. I think they did some frost. Um, some um, oh, shit. What's the word? Illuminous stuff with uh, with the actual title itself in in some of the uh, some of the variants, mm-hmm. which were done by uh, Francisco Ruaz Velicos, who did the uh, the interior artwork for this this series as well. Actually, sorry if I butchered that name. I'm terrible with with pronouncing names. And um, goes without saying, there will be spoilers that we're going to talk about. So if of you course. don't want it to be spoiled, go read it first and come back. <laughs> So the the series itself, then let's let's break it down now. Let's start being a bit more specific. So let's start talking story. It's uh, like Rich Top said, it's a five part series, and it's based around a team of uh, well hunters themselves. They are a dedicated team that go around investigating predator activity on Earth, and that is something that you know I I really like because it's not it's not something that gets played with too much in terms of uh, the prota- protagonist being a part of the teams. And the only thing I can really think of that jumps straight out in my mind is um, Xenogenesis. <laughs> yes, yes. Which wasn't exactly great in its own right, but um, did Helen Helen Hotwater have the Hunter team on it as well? I think one of the characters was some kind of undercover agent who was 
vaguely doing something like that, if I recall, but it's, it's been a while since I've read mm. that particular comic. Uh, and occasionally you, you get some sort of shady government agency show up as as antagonists in some of the series. I think I think one of the ones this is a sequel to had um, the same in as well, Bad Bad Blood, I think. Bad Blood, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to... What I think is great is that you then don't have to have the characters in the in the series start playing catch up with the reader. So rather than waste an issue or so having the characters get caught up, um, they start off on the same level and you just move on with the story, which is something I, I really, <laughs> really like and really find sort of refreshing. You know, just move on. Definitely. That's that's one of my biggest complaints um, on the alien side of things is is having to watch characters learn the alien life cycle all over again. I, I hate that. It's like, just just move along. <laughs> and, and even better with this one is that it is a bunch of characters that we've had in the past. Um, so, you know, they've got their own they've got their own backstory straight away that we we have access to that we've read and seen. Mm-hmm. And you've also got the new characters who's backstory is there for you know potential exploration in the future but more to the point is you know it's a sequel to these other series so we have enoch nakai from big game we have mandy graves from bad blood and not quite related uh, not quite a, a direct sequel in itself but you have the main character being a relative of captain soames from nemesis i think it was yes so that's that's pretty cool because that's not something Predator tends to do a lot of. You know, it doesn't pick up old strings and and run with them that often. Uh, the the main example probably just being the the core trilogy of the Predator Predator comics, I guess. So, uh, Concrete Jungle, Cold War, and Dark River, which focuses on Detective Schaefer, which is supposedly Dutch's brother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ridgetop, what what did you think about it? featuring returning characters uh, was that something that worked for you yeah i i really enjoyed that aspect of having these returning characters especially uh enoch um he's a native american character that we had seen before in big game like you were saying the comic series but i actually read that uh that novel as well which i thought was also really well done so especially after this long with with some of the older comic series, it was great to see him back. And I really enjoyed his personality in the story and his sense of humor. Um, I thought that that worked really well and and how he had kind of become like a folk legend in, in the the area, like he was working at like a, a truck stop or something. And uh, it was, I guess, kind of known that he had hunted this alien. But um, they, they had this room set up where it was kind of a, a Roswell type alien, I think, yeah. or something like that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool that they, I guess they were trying to exploit him for, for that story. I would have liked to have seen a little more explanation for that. Like, well, did he like try to go to the press about this? Like, cause I think it was mentioned somewhere, like it was all covered up, but yeah, no, I think that, um, as far as a main character, I mean, it started out with him kind of being the focus, but then it really shifted to the ensemble cast. And seeing the the descendant of that character from Predator Nemesis as well, I thought she she was great. Just a really strong character. Both both the women, um, the the main women in the story were actually really strong and had good backstories in term uh, in terms of uh, their experience with the Predator. So I I enjoyed them. What did you guys think? Yeah, I, I also read that um, 
that big game novelization, um, God, back when I was in like middle school. So it was definitely cool to, um, to have Nakai back. Yeah, I, I kind of, I guess that's one of my criticisms of the series. Um, it was great to have everyone back, but the ensemble, I do feel like a little bit, I don't know, I feel like some of the, the characters, once they all got together, kind of got muddled a little. Um, the first couple issues where they were delving into everyone's backstory uh, were really good, but I, I don't know, I don't really feel like anyone had great moments to shine. That's my criticism. It's, it's funny because I, I kind of felt like everybody got something to do or um, got some moments. So, you know, Nikai and uh, Mandy sort of had the start of a really interesting sort of relationship, like the moment when she kicks his ass mm-hmm, when yeah. on the boat and, you know, he says he's going to marry that girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that he has to kind of get back into shape. You know, it's it's been a few years since his, his adventure. So that that was definitely fun. Yeah. And I really like that point where he mentioned, like, listen, that was my land that I fought the Predator on, and I had, like, the spirits with me and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he, now. Was, yeah. he was kind of joking about that, but I, it was just kind of an interesting take. You know, all these characters, they really had grievances with, you know, one Predator, predator or another had come in and, and fucked up their lives at some point. And so it was a very personal, uh, I guess, kind of a revenge thing for, for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um and they had a lot of Predator technology with, with them as well that they had gathered. So it did kind of remind me of the, the OWLF from, from Predator 2. Mm. He just had this group that was tracking them and, and hunting them and collecting their, their equipment. And I, I really dig that idea. And I think it worked well in this. Me too. And, and something I really loved about the returning characters, and specifically Mandy Graves, was that it gives you a chance to actually explore the psychological damage that surviving a predator encounter um gave some of them and that's really not something that any of you know any any of the media's really played with um interestingly enough i think it was gary Busey <laughs> on the special features for predator 2 said that the reason that arnie wasn't in the film was because he died of radiation um sort of poisoning following the the, the nuke at the end of predator you know, so you know just seeing the consequences of of their encounters with the predator was was interesting i mean it's only sort of very like you say there is a lot of them and while i think they do each get a moment or get something to do it's still it's a bit minimal Mm -hmm. Um, but even even just getting that chance to see um to read what how mandy was sort of affected by it was was something i I really enjoyed Uh, do you guys think that so you, you know you both said that you enjoyed big game I personally wasn't a massive fan of it. Mm. Bad Blood, I really liked. My question is, do you guys, out of all the out of all the survivors of the various comics, were these the two that you think were great, or do you think would were there others that you would have preferred to have shown up? You know, would would it have made you smile seeing Schaefer show up? Personally, I think it would have gotten a bit too crowded and a bit too convenient for the plot if you would have had all these different characters showing up well, not necessarily all of them but the one would you were you happy with these ones or would you have rather yeah i thought it been different ones? i thought it was a good balance I, especially the leader of the group what was her name again uh selms yeah i i thought she had a really interesting dynamic that she had actually come from a lineage of a uh, family that had, had hunted predator predators starting with i think it was her great grandfather that was in nemesis Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting that it had just passed down and and she had just continued it. And she she was a total badass in the story, as was the 
the other character as well, who was a bit more psychologically damaged from from her experience and physically damaged too. She her hand was like completely crushed, mm-hmm. and so she she was still uh, a hell of a fighter even with her her hand completely disabled. One of them. Yeah, I, I mostly agree. I don't really think. Um looking at the comics or novels, there's really anyone else they could have brought in. Uh, I, I was personally hoping that um, Maya Bergstrom, who was the um, anthropologist in Homeworld, that she might have a cameo. Um, but I understand they wouldn't really want to acknowledge that series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what about the original characters then? So we've... Um, J.S. Soames is... She's sort of tied in both worlds. She's original, but she comes from from Captain Soames from Nemesis, but we've got Tyler Swain and Raphael Herrera. I'm really terrible with names, guys. I'm so <laughs> sorry. So, you know, did you like these two? I mean, t- Tyler was... I thought Tyler was very Hudson-esque in his sort of his sort of arc. You know, he starts off being this big, brash, sort of confident badass, and it turns out that he was really... Um, the reason he survived his encounter was because he hid. You know, he, he was a coward. And then sort of had to redeem himself, and which you know this is it's a simple enough sort of of arc for him, and I think it works. But Raphael, I was kind of wanted more from because what was interesting with him was that he, you know, these guys were soldiers and um, you know, good guys in quotation marks. But Raphael was, you know, he was a essentially a drug lord, I guess. Yeah, some cartel guy. Yeah, enforcer. So he. You know, he wasn't a good person, morally, in quotation marks, I guess. <laughs> so I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe a bit of conflict between, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But did did these guys work for you? Were they, were they interesting? Yeah, I think these two guys are mostly like side, more side characters to the, the previous three we talked about, although they were still integral parts of the story. And we did get to, to have flashbacks, really, of all these characters. And I, I really liked those flashback scenes as well because they were totally different events than than what the main story was. And and yeah, it comes up later that he was really just hiding from the predator, which makes you wonder like why, <laughs> I mean, why he wanted to join this elite crew to go to go hunt them if he couldn't fight them before. But maybe you're, maybe you were you know correct in saying that well he he felt bad about that and he wanted to re- redeem himself. Yeah, and I thought their their humor was good and and they were. They were both great characters that contributed to the story, and and there was some comedy there with how they were interacting with Enoch, a little bit of tension as well. And I just really like the the looks of all the predators too that they encountered during these flashback yes. scenes. The flashbacks were some of my favorite things, uh, visually in the in those first couple issues. Those were yeah. those two page spreads were pretty fantastic, and especially the armor that the predators are wearing. They're very kind of ancient looking. Like almost like Aztec or ancient South American looking inspired armor, so it, it kind of did give me some reminders of of like AVP and and the pyramid kind of aesthetic and stuff like that, as well as the game AVP 2010 when when your predator character, I guess he's been dubbed Dark, uh, finds this ancient mask and it's all kind of weird looking. It kind of reminded me of of that style of armor, and I was good to see. Something that didn't just look like your typical Predator armor, you know. And I always appreciate that in comics when they do something that's not seen very often and that's different to what we've seen before. 
Yeah, I, I agree. That was that was definitely one of my one of my favorite parts of the comic, especially you know moving into spoiler territory. You know, the actual predators in the sort of main part of the story. Um, I definitely liked their sort of feral, co- um, cobbled together, um, you know, not technological whole aesthetic. That was very refreshing to see. It was interesting that they did sort of strip the predator of everything. Obviously, there's you know there's there's narrative reasons as to why that's happened. And I think it sort of gives a reasonable explanation for the upper hand that the protagonists have. I mean, naturally, they they design themselves an upper hand anyway, because like Ristock mentioned earlier, they got access to all this various tech over the years, and they built themselves like um, cooling suits and their own sort of infrared kind of stuff. But as well as that weaponry, you know, these predators were, well, they were primal. You know, they were primitive in that they got no. They've got no technology, uh, they've got no metal, their armor seemed to be just wooden, the masks just seemed to be um, wooden replicas just for aesthetic's sake. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the artist, um, uh, Francisco, did an amazing job in, in making them really primal and threatening, despite the fact that these guys have got no technology. You know, showing that there's more to the Predator than the the cloaking device and the um and the shoulder cannon. I thought that was really awesome. And I think it added a great mystery to the story because in the flashbacks we saw these Predators had technology, but with all the Predators in the the main story, um, you could tell they looked more tribal. And I was just thinking to myself, like, where's their where's their plasma weaponry? Like, where's their smart weapons? And and then the characters in the story start asking the same questions that, that we were thinking about. And then it comes up with an explanation for it later in the story, which I thought was a really cool explanation for that. Did you like the um, the reveal, Ultramorphia? You know, the, the reasons as to why these guys were were stripped of their technology did that work for you? oh yeah i i definitely enjoyed that um anything that mixes up sort of the the typical formula with stories like this um i always enjoy um so definitely the idea of these predators sort of being uh stranded uh, you know their ship crashed and they were taken advantage of by these uh, you know the humans on the neighboring island uh, i i enjoyed that quite a bit you know, I, I always say I, I, I think Predator is, is a very versatile property. Um, that's why I'm excited to dig into that um, anthology book. I really should get reading on that. Um, oh, but, man, it's brilliant. I know, I know. I, I really need to get into that. Maybe I'll do that after after the podcast today. But, yeah, I love anything, um, especially when it pits the Predators um, as an underdog. That's It's very cool to see them still sort of, uh, you know, wreck everyone's day, even when they're at a disadvantage. And it was interesting that, you know, the... So the so the big reveal is that um this island these this these dual islands that the main characters are going to investigate one of them hosts a colony of of people who are sort of there to escape the modern trappings of of the modern world you know technology and all this um, all that kind of stuff and the other's just a deserted island well, quotation marks deserted island where the predators are based. And it turns out that these predators had crashed a couple hundred years ago and come into conflict with, with these colonists because they've been there a good few generations as well. They fought this long, bloody war and the island, sort of like a leader, I suppose, realised that in fighting this war, the the people had, the colonists had become more primal themselves, you know, more connected to um, the old human world without technology and stuff like that and decided to sort of keep these predators around on the other island as i suppose is as a game i guess yeah the impression i got was almost like it was facing off against them was almost like some kind of like manhood ritual to them 
Um, so that was kind of cool to see it turned on its head where the, you know, we usually see the predators doing things like that in stories. So that was definitely cool. Yeah. And I think the, the leader of the colony originally, <clears throat> the leader we see in the story is also uh, a descendant of the original founder of the colony uh, on this island, uh, the, the, these two islands really and it, it explains that they wanted to set up the other island as a game preserve and that's kind of <laughs> how they were going to fund their colony was inviting you know rich people to this other island to, to hunt wild animals and then the, the predators crash and the predators you know because predators are going to do what they're going to do start hunting the people there but the people turn the tables on on the predators and then they starve them and and strip them of their weaponry and their armor and exile them to this island where and, and eventually the they almost kind of create like a, a cult type colony of like you were saying of, of like the the warrior spirit or whatever and yeah, like they they'll dress like the predators too later mm-hmm. in the story when they they kidnap uh, the protagonist group so I, I thought all that was was just really interesting how they did it and people that would kind of challenge the leadership on the island they would be exiled to this other island where they would just be killed off by the predators that were still surviving there for a long long time mm, yeah because they were all the original ones from hundreds of years ago weren't they and um you know even <laughs> despite you know you might think that the idea of um, the human character sort of overpowering the predator weakens them a bit but you know the um chris warner the the writer made sure to say stuff like you know for every predator they they took down it cost them like 10 or so of their men and yeah. stuff like that so i was you know, there there is a worry in that you know taking away their weaponry and having them the underdogs might lose a bit to them. But like I said, with the artwork, you know they still felt primal, they still felt threatening, and they still work it in there. Warner still works it in there in the narrative as well. So I think that was balanced out quite nicely. I agree. The the predators um, they they certainly felt like a threat throughout the whole story, um, which is um, more than you can say about some other predator stories. That's for sure. <laughs> And, and speaking of the designs, you know, um, I thought they'd done a, a pretty decent job in, you know, they, they were individualized designs, all the main ones. Um, I think I would have liked a bit more distinctive um, looks to them all. Yeah, there they were differences, but you did sort of have to look at them and look for them. So maybe just giving them a bit a bit more differences would have been nicer. Mm. I can't wait till, till the NECA figures. <laughs> we know those are going to be coming. Oh, God, yeah. I'm looking forward to picking up the Ahab figure actually when that that hits general release. Yeah, I've been I've got that on pre-order. I'm I'm checking the other day. They say it's coming in November, so any day now. <laughs> there was another moment I liked as well, which was where they gave the predator a bit of personality in the the, the lead one. So when when the um, main character when this team the team show up on this island and they take out one of one of the surviving predators. You see later on a panel where the rest of them are all sort of like stood around an altar with this dead uh, dead predator on it, mm-hmm. and when the rest of them go off to sort of um, so when when the when the team's kidnapped and sent to the island by the crazy cult leaders of, of the colony, they come charging in and making all the war noises and everything, and before they the predators run off, um, the leader uh, sort of takes his time to sort of mourn, you know, puts his hand on the dead one's um, shoulder. And I liked that. I thought that was a nice little moment of personality. And that worked for me. Yeah, kind of like what we got with, with AVPR in that little moment where Wolf is exploring the ship. Yeah, yeah. It just pauses over them. I like that kind of stuff. It, it gives them a bit more to do outside of, you know, the big scary uh, 
<laughs> big scary hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah you get I, to I, see I, the camaraderie between them. Exactly, and especially because I mean they've you know obviously they were a hunting party, but they've been stuck there for you know quite a long time. So it was definitely nice to see the bond. Um, and as far as like the the whole funeral ritual, I always like you know when we get even little things like that in the comics where we see you know even just a little bit into the predator culture. That's that's always really fun. Did the idea of the the natives mimicking the predators um, did that work for you guys, or did you think that might have been a bit too of a bit too of a gear change? I think it worked. Uh, on some level, predator stories have have always had kind of a fantastical element about them in in one sense or another. Like maybe it's just me, but I've always felt like the alien films have tried to go for strict realism more than the predator ones. I mean, they're both very realistic uh, extraterrestrial stories, but I think the predator ones take a little more leniency with with their stories. So I, I think. For the sake of the story, it, it worked. I mean, I don't know if it was necessary, but it kind of showed that this this island group had that was really all all they had because it was showing they were having struggles establishing the colony, and this was a, a major victory for them where where they triumphed over a much more powerful alien race, and so it had, their victory had almost become like I was saying, kind of a, a cult for them, and they had taken on that mantle like like we're the predators now kind of thing. So it it was a little far fetched for sure, but but it, I thought it still worked within the story. Yeah, I, I thought it worked it worked well enough too. I think it was more to set up that cliffhanger at the end of uh, what is it issue four, where you see them all in the boats, um, you know, surrounding the protagonists, you yeah. know. And I think obviously, you know, we're supposed to think, oh, there's more predators than we thought, but I feel like we all knew it was the the villagers, you know, the the islanders. Yeah, they did set up that there was something not quite right going on, didn't they? They did, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really exactly a surprise. Um, I think it worked well enough. I, I didn't have a problem with them really dressing as the Predators. Yeah, they kind of telegraph it earlier in the story when um, initially they visit the island. The the Predator hunters, our protagonists, visit the island and, and they get treated to a dinner. And they're like, oh, well, we're here doing research and stuff. Um, yeah, and, like the, were, and the one islander is like, oh, you know, get me out of here. Right. The one, yeah, yeah. I think it worked. Um, I think it was interesting. I'm glad it wasn't the main focus of the series, and I'm glad they didn't end up being literally the predators. If they'd have been just them dressed up and there'd have been no actual predators, I would have, I would have fucking hated it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Would have been like really the the village, right? <laughs> You know what? I never got around to watching the village. No, that was the that was the one with Sigourney Weaver and M Night Shyamalan. Where they're was in the Sigourney future. in that one? So yeah, Sigourney Weaver was in that yeah. one. Yeah, watch it and be disappointed. Is, is it the one where it turns out they're they're in the future, but they think they're an old timey village or something? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. Spoilers for this two people, but they advertised it as it was this old timey village, and uh, they were being hunted by these these monsters that surrounded the village. But it ended up being that the monsters were really people dressed in monster outfits to keep young people from straying too far from the village and realizing, oh, this is actually just an isolated village in, in the modern world. So uh, I think I'll leave. That. Yeah, well, th- well, then at the end, they try and fake you out and say, no, the monsters are real. And no, it's just another person in a suit. It's not a, I don't I don't think it's a terrible movie, but yeah. no, it wasn't terrible. It just it wasn't what anyone was expecting from the advertising. Certainly not. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that's not the route that uh, that predator hunters went down. Um, it would have would have been a bit 
you know, it came really late in the game, that twist. So, you know, this is five issues. It's slightly longer than a normal a normal run anyway. You know, typical runs are about, what, four issues normally? I four guess. issues, yeah. So it had a bit more time, but it also it felt like there was a lot to sort of pack in. You know, you set the team up, you set the story up, you start the story going, then you twisted it around a little bit. And then, so there wasn't time to really dig into everything. So I, it would have been interesting to see a bit more of the dynamic between the Predators and these Islanders, these these people that are imitating them. Yeah, well, I, we had talked about this this earlier, Ultramorph, but uh, the pacing with the story, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think the whole thing was was paced pretty slowly throughout the entire story until you had this twist that the Predators were, were exiles without their technology, and then it goes through all this exposition of that, and then you have the climax, which just goes really fast, and then the story's over. So yeah. I... Honestly, as as far as um, the issues, I think it could have used another issue, to to be honest. And like, I mean, we've seen with Defiance, that's gone on for like two seasons. So I I think six issues, personally for me, would have been more appropriate for this. I agree. Maybe maybe a sixth issue or four, but you know, maybe condensing getting the team together to one issue, it, it's tough. But yeah, that that ending came at you fast. <laughs> And you know, it's something I thought when I was reading it that was that it would have this would be a good sort of candidate for a novelization. Um, not that you know they do these, and not you know not that they novelize the comics anymore. But I kind of felt like that there was lots of fodder in there that a, a novelist would have been able to dig in. You know, that dynamic being one of them, more of the backstory of of the new team being one of them. So that that would have been something that. I I would like. No, I'm not going to get it, but yeah, this it, it this would have been, been a great Titan book. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for me, um, as well, this felt like the it felt like the start of something. It felt like it should be the first volume of um a series of comics that that would use these characters and would further develop them, further develop the team, and go off and do other stuff. It, would you guys like to see? more of these characters would you like to see more mandy and more nakai oh yeah i mean with with the quick uh climax to the story and and all this setup it's it's practically begging for a sequel so i yeah i think with with these characters there's so much to tell i mean they're they're hunting predators and this obviously wasn't their first time they had done so uh you could tell more interesting stories and sticking with these characters to further development uh further develop them and and see how they are with each other um i i think it it would be a great series to pursue i would definitely love to see a second run uh, you mentioned something um that i thought was a little hazy uh, rich top you know that these guys had been together in the past and that they'd done multiple missions i thought their background as a team you know, we get individual backstory on everybody, but I felt that we didn't really get adequate background on them as a team. So, you know, Nikai seems to be coming in it late, but these other guys have been t- together for how long? Had they actually done missions together? Was that technology the result of their missions or was that all individual stuff? That was something I was a bit disappointed about. I would have liked more of that team dynamic, more of that team history. Yeah, agreed. It could use a prequel as well as a sequel, I would say, if they're willing to to spend that much on the story. But yeah, no, I I agree. You, it was interesting because you saw when when they went on the boat, they had this whole storeroom of predator gear that they had acquired, and and yeah, they had been doing this for a while, obviously. So 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you've, you've spent all this time setting a team up. Um, you know, they're all sort of legacy characters. I think it would be, yeah, I obviously want to see a sequel. Um, they could definitely do a lot with this, either moving forward or, like you said, even a prequel exploring sort of the, the origins. Um, and like Hicks mentioned, uh, this is the only time we've really seen this other than Xenogenesis. <laughs> I mean, they, they, could, they could ride this out until the team starts calling themselves Spearhead <laughs> and, and dovetail yeah. right into Xenogenesis. Boo! <laughs> it's been too long since I've read that one. Oh, I read it. I read it a couple of weeks ago. It's it was it was an interesting enough concept, but it was just too. They were trying too hard to be sort of modern. I guess it didn't quite work. The art's yeah, pretty were... damn stylized, right? I think it was supposed to be pretty sort of typical of the '90s comics. Yeah, it's pretty artwork. typical of like 2000, like 1999, that era. Yeah. So, would you guys recommend this series to um to other Predator fans? Oh yeah, oh definitely. I mean, it it feels like like it's uh, just a great predator story that you would expect from from a full movie. Um, it kind of actually reminded me of Predators, the the third film, because you had the game preserve idea and mm-hmm. people trapped on the game preserve, even though it it switched that in in that um, an island uh, human colony was was running this game preserve rather than the predators themselves, and it was an island rather than a planet, but. So, so that idea for me was was interesting and and kind of a uh, nostalgic in that sense, but also just the setting up of this team. I think there's a lot of potential there. So, I definitely encourage people to to pick it up and and support this comic. I think it'll be coming out in paperback sometime early January, early comic. next year. Yeah, I, I just get the digital copies of of comics for my tablet these days, but I'll usually end up picking up the paperback as well just to keep on my shelf. So. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend it. It's a nice uh, self-contained story. You know, it obviously can you know encourage people to go back and read the older ones if they haven't, but it's not really required. So it's it's a good jumping-on point. I would definitely recommend it. Mm. And just to be a broken uh, record, I I do agree with these guys. I think it was solid. I don't I don't think it broke any molds. It took a lot of what had been done in the past, not necessarily very often, and not you know uh, not quite so prolific, but it felt like. It took all these stuff, set up a nice solid foundation, and it felt like the pilot episode of of a of, of a new series. And I would ha- I would easily recommend giving it a go. What did you give it? Because because you wrote a full review for it, Hicks. Uh, I think I gave it seven out of ten. So you know, pre- pretty solid. And it's out the the trade back. If you don't want to go and hunt all the individual issues, the trade back is out on the twenty fourth of January uh, next year. Obviously, two thousand eight. Eighteen. Okay, what did I just say? 2008? <laughs> Shit, yeah. Okay. Um, 2018, obviously. I do not have access to a time machine. That would be fucking awesome. But no. Uh, do you guys have anything else to to say on the series or anything you'd just like to... I mean, I'm just interested to see, um, you know, potentially where this, you know, story arc goes, but just the Predator comics in general, given, uh, you know, the movie obviously coming out next year, which, to my understanding, I haven't been keeping up on it too much has something of a similar premise with people and predators hunting working together something like obviously we don't want to go in it too much don't want to do a predators the predator spoiler episode or anything but yeah um, it does kind of do something some stuff like that wasn't there uh one of the dh press novels kind of had that story right was it flesh and blood or in Flesh and Blood, you had like a predator faction working with uh, a human group. No, uh, they they sort of lured the predators there to cause shit. They weren't 
colluding, I guess. No. Uh, but that's a good book, that one is, actually. I read that um, a couple of months ago again. Not enough time in the world to reread all these things. No, I do recommend Flesh and Blood. Aside from Forever Midnight, all the all the DH Press ones were pretty fucking, pretty decent books. Um, Turnabout, I think, was a, a 10 out of 10 for me, and South China Sea was a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, the DH Press stuff, the Predator ones, it went pretty much from strength to strength after you got over Forever Midnight. And those are all getting re-released in omnibus volumes from Titan now, right? We don't know about the Predator stuff. Um, the Alien ones definitely are. And we know the the Bantam uh, the Bantam slash Millennium Predator books are being re-released in a one, one big three-book volume. But the DH Press stuff hasn't been officially announced, but I think Brian... Um, Brian Thomas Schmidt, who was the editor for um, If It Bleeds, who we had on the podcast uh, a month, a couple of months ago, I think it was September time, he said that they would be reprinting them. It just hasn't been officially announced yet. Excellent, because yeah, the uh, I was actually just looking today for um, like South China Sea and everything. It's still like twenty seven dollars for a used copy on Amazon, so it'll be good to have an official re release. <laughs> That's fucking cheap for that. Yeah, yeah, it, it came far down far more. Yeah. But we, we had kind of touched on this earlier, but I really appreciate these self-contained stories like we've had with Alien Dead Orbit or Aliens Dead Orbit, if it's under that title. Yeah, I think it's Aliens. It's um, Aliens, yeah. So, so it's it's good, especially after these huge comic series we had with Fire and Stone and, and Life and Death. Like, I could appreciate a lot of things about those, but uh, just, just me personally, I don't think Predator or AVP... Uh, or even Alien, if I'm being honest, works with with the Prometheus uh, continuity. So I I think those comics, while I could appreciate such a bold uh, crossover that they did with that, I do think that it works far more as being just um as being just self-contained stories. Um, and it's good when they when they call back to other stories, but I still think that was that was pretty minimal. And it's not like you can't have sequel comics to comics that were really well received, but but I think they have gone a bit far with all the retconning and all of the the crossovers lately that like I would like to see a good just aliens versus predator comic. That's its own thing, kind of like the original comics were. Yeah, so, I would I would love to see an alien versus predator comic that's just about aliens fighting predators. I don't think there's been a well, no, no, I was going to say I don't think there's been a standalone one for a while, but we had three world wars. That was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of divisive. And before that, it was those two little Digest comics um, that were based on the film. The Thrill of the Hunt and... Civilized, Civilized Beast. Beast. Yeah. Which, if I remember rightly, Civilized Beast was actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, I swear by both of those comics, uh, Thrill of the Hunt and Civilized Beast. I, lo- I love them both. And I think we're kind of at the point where there's enough material that Dark Horse could do a third Aliens vs. Predator Omnibus if you had... Thrill of the Hunt, Civilized Beasts, Three World War, and there was also a couple of um, lesser-known AVP comics. There was Sand Trap, which came yeah. out with uh, a DVD set, as well as Dead Space. I guess it was just called Dead Space, but that one was a shorter one, if I'm correct. Sand Trap was a bit longer. Um, were there any other AVP comics that weren't included with the first two Omnibus ones? I can't remember. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not that weren't, um, you know, crossovers with other properties. I think yeah. that was it. So, but um, no, I would love to see uh, more standalone Predator and AVP and and Aliens. But um, you think they will do a third Prometheus crossover? Because it kind of 
it was kind of a cliffhanger at the end of life and death, wasn't it? I was I was hoping somebody would ask that question. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, we've heard nothing. Uh, we've heard nothing about any new series. As you know, no new Predator one's been announced. We're still waiting for the last issue of uh, Dead Orbit. Yeah, and they've they've been coy even on a collected edition of Life and Death. I mean. Yeah, we don't even know when that whole series is getting collected, so it's it's really nebulous what their plans are going forward. And a nice big hardback like uh, Fire and Stonehead. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I was hoping they'd do one, but there's been absolutely no news about that. I mean, they've they've been republishing after they did Life and no, after they did Fire and Stone as a big hardback, they re-released um, the original core trilogy of Alien. Um, in hardbacks they did the core trilogy of predator and evidently they are doing the uh, original avp we don't know entirely what's in that you know whether that's going to be avp and avp war or whatever yeah it'd be nice if it was just all three if it was uh that those two and three world war Uh, yeah yeah i didn't think of three world war in that but that would work i think that would work actually quite well and like we were saying off air you know it'd be a perfect opportunity for them to redo the coloring of of the original avp because as you know again to be a broken record you know pretty much any time we mention the original comic ridge top or i will say how awesome the 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 recolored mini book that came with the special edition of avp 2010 in the states was mm-hmm. i think that was done that was recolored by wes these disablo or something like that and it just looked phenomenal yeah, it looked like an entirely new comic that had just come out and i always pester i say always i frequently pester um dark horse on the socials about that you know get him in do this it'd be fucking awesome so you guys do the same as well if you think it'd be awesome <laughs> yeah it really um, is amazing how the um the new coloring it, it even with the same old line work it, it makes it look yeah like a completely different comic it's yeah really spectacular we have heard rumblings on on the boards of, of a new series i have an inkling of what it may be i can't talk about it but if it does if it is what I've, i think it is and it does happen it's something i'm pretty excited about there's always that star trek crossover that may or may oh, not yeah. happen <laughs> i thought that was already officially canceled it, it is officially canceled but um one of the editors or something who was involved on the idw i think it was and, tristan actually yeah somebody somebody posted something and was like you know this series might still happen one day so yeah yeah i think it didn't it turn out like Ridley Scott would have it, had it axed or something? Yeah, that um, uh, when, yeah. when Covenant got underway, Ridley Scott apparently decreed that everything had to stop that was potentially interfering with the movie. I guess yeah. I guess they, they told him no with Defiance and Dead Orbit, because maybe they had already put so much yeah. into that, you know, but... De- Defiance changed, Dead Orbit was delayed, um, the Dread crossover, the last issue of that came out almost a year late, um, so it's certainly, yeah, interesting to speculate how much uh, Covenant may have played a role in all that. Yeah, I, I personally, I think there's more than enough room for the expanded universe to coincide with different stories in the films, and so if that was decided whether it have been by Scott or anyone else, I, I think that's a, a bit silly. Like there's no reason why you can't have uh, those things at the same time. I don't, I don't think they would cannibalize off, off each other. No, of course not. If anything, I think they play off each other nicely in, in terms of, I guess, yeah, fan interest and fan enthusiasm. You know, when you've got a new movie coming out, you might be more interested or more inclined to buy the ancillary stuff. 
but whatever i'm not a studio executive yeah and and as far as what comes next i mean i i certainly think i mean i don't have any inside knowledge but i certainly think that as far as predator comics go um i definitely think with the movie coming out next year uh there'll, there'll definitely be more predator comics coming uh, i wouldn't be surprised if they did an adaptation or some kind of prequel or sequel like they did with um the 2010 movie yeah um, so yeah. i definitely we, we see don't talk about those comics hey though. i actually okay with the exception of a four-armed predator i thought all those comics were pretty good but the problem with those look the prequel i think was all right but it didn't gel with the movie yeah that sequel comic was just fucking awful <laughs> fucking awful like that's that has to be one of the worst predator comics that's ever been released. oh it wasn't that bad come on it was dire <laughs> I've, I've personally never read it and when i when i first found out about the the four-armed predator and that it was it was in an actual comic i'm like oh my god i, I don't know what who made that decision <laughs> i'm glad that was never fucking played upon uh, but in terms of Predator, the Predator stuff, um, as far as we know, they're doing a novelization of the film. Mm-hmm. Watch, there's there's going to be a four-armed Predator in that movie. I'm calling it now. Uh, yeah, that that that's the uh, <laughs> the new bad guy. Then there was always the uh, the the three-armed black goo Predator. <laughs> yes, with the actual the the shoulder cannon arm was an actual little arm, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, that was so weird. And you know what? We we need to do some podcasts about um life and death at some point as well yeah maybe when they get around to announcing when they're going to collect the the whole damn thing uh, yeah because because the hardback for fire and stone had all these unused concepts and and a lot of interviews with um the way that the story changed in development so i would like to see uh, if life and death was just a lot more straightforward than fire and stone or if, if there was some altered stuff there too and what kind of art they had that didn't make its way into the final version but it only had the one writer as well um all all of um i keep getting them confused in my head all of fire and stone had different writers for each different series whereas with life and death it was all dan abnett so you know that must have made made it a bit more straightforward i guess for him as well i think it did um and it also most of fire and um, life and death just had the one artist too um brian Thies. he did the art on yeah. like three of the miniseries i think two or three yeah at least two yeah also, okay, there's a point that I didn't bring up. So at the end of this comic, Predator Hunters, do you think he was... Because, uh, okay, so our protagonist group, uh, one of the Predators lets um, a character go because I guess he was impressed by her prowess or something like that. And then they're about to kill the Predator later, and she stops them saying, no, he spared my life, you know, let him be. And then they throw the Predator down his technology, and he puts on his armor, and then he enters something into his wrist gauntlet and he roars and i'm wondering okay did he just activate his self-destruct or did he call for a pickup i would like that he would that he called for a pickup i i think i'd rather that he still be alive as well and that this potential for him to be reoccurring because you know what? i fucking loved ahab in um fire and stone and i loved that oh, he yeah. came back in life and death and having having a recurring predator character was great and it's another one of those slightly refreshing things. Because, you know, all the films, the Predators die. Most of the comics, the Predator gets beaten and dies. Um, and it was that was something I loved about the anthology book, actually. not It wasn't just Predator repeated ad infinitum. You know, some of these Predators survived. And, you know, it was refreshing. And I think that was great. And so for, for Hunters, I would like for him to have, you know, like you said, called for backup and for him to show up again down the line maybe even recognize soames or soames recognize 
recognizes him. Yeah, I'm sure it was intentionally left open-ended. Otherwise, they would have just shown an explosion, you know? That's true. Okay. I, I actually hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, my, my reading was that he was just blowing himself up, that he was kind of getting a, a noble death. But yeah, that would be certainly be cool if we did see him again. Okay, sh- should we wrap this one up then, guys? Do you, Is there anything else you uh, want to cover about Hunters or anything? No, I think we pretty much got all of it. Yeah, I think that was about it. So guys, that's uh, that's actually everything from us. Um, hopefully you've all enjoyed listening. And if you have any thoughts, any agreements, any disagreements, you know, or just anything you'd like to share on, on Predator Hunters or, or the podcast or whatever we've said, feel free to comment down in the uh, section, in the comments section of the, of the news post or on social media or wherever you found, uh, found the podcast. Um, we the, the podcast is available for direct download from the websites, as is the, the you know, the cat catalog the backlog of uh, our episodes um it's also available to listen to on itunes or stitcher um, we've recently uh, added it to stitcher so if you are listening on any of those other ones please do leave uh, leave us a review let us know how you how you're enjoying it and the actual site itself so that's uh, avpgalaxy.net um we've got various social media channels so if you're on facebook and you want to follow us it's alien vs predator galaxy versus vs dot same on Instagram, but that's pretty much just the pictures. If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you know there's links to new article, uh, new news articles, new reviews, new features, stuff like that. And Twitter, the handle is just at AVP Galaxy. Uh, you can personally follow me at um, underscore Corporal Hicks on Twitter, and that's a lot of AVP, Star Trek, Halo, just general, uh, all my interests, as well as AVP. Uh, do you guys um, want to share your personal handles if anybody wants to follow you individually? Um, if you'd like to find me on Twitter, it's just at RidgeTop21. Yep, if you want to find me, I'm at, at, on ABP Galaxy. I'm Ultramorph. Uh, and on Twitter, I'm at uh, GRNBRNDD12. We also have a TeePublic page, a TeePublic store, which you can find a link to on the website i think uh, if not it's obviously alien vs predator galaxy we've got our logo on a bunch of different stuff a couple of different logos on a bunch of different stuff actually t-shirts hoodies all, all that stuff goes just just goes back into running the site and um, competitions and stuff like that um so you know if you want to show some support and get a kick-ass t-shirt out of it you know head on over and i think we've got one more we've got one more episode planned for this year uh, which uh, should be a fun one i'm actually quite looking forward to it it's um to celebrate the 10th anniversary of AVP Requiem. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm one of the yeah. few people actually celebrating that. But we're um, we're actually doing an interview with somebody who worked on the film and who used to visit the forums. Uh, so uh, if you were an, an old hand from back in the day that should be should be an interesting one. Oh my god. That should be our last one of the year uh, unless somehow they do release the Predator trailer in december which i doubt they will I'm, i don't expect that until january february time but just in case and today is the uh, 20th anniversary of resurrection too speaking oh, yeah. of uh, yes inauspicious yeah. anniversaries <laughs> uh, for the uh, u.s theatrical release i think that the actual premiere was a good few weeks ago funnily when you were rich top when you were yeah i was i was at studio adi the the day of the u.s premiere so that was kind of cool got to see the newborn in person Oh, there you go. <laughs> Every fan's desire. <laughs> in all its hideous glory. And uh, Ridgetop should have a uh, article and a interview with Alec and uh, Tom 
up probably by the time this podcast goes up because it takes me forever to edit these things Um, because I hate listening to my voice so I don't know how you guys do it but uh, you do so that makes me happy Um, so all the editing isn't in vain but yeah again thank you for listening Uh, thanks to Ridgetop and uh, Ultramore for joining in today Um, so yeah that's it this is Corporal Hicks and Ridgetop and Ultramorph get into the chopper